by now it's quite obvious who you fans, the fans of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, have voted for the second year in a row. Wrestler of the Year, I'm going to bring him on right now. He's the National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion. We've interviewed him every week here, just about every week on Pro Wrestling Illustrated Scouting Reports. The winner is... Slammy Award winner for the best match of the year is... Welcome to the premiere edition of News Stand versus a Newsletter. I am your host, Scott Bernard. I will be joined by my co-host, Mr. Andrew. No last name needed or given. Andrew, how are you doing today? Fairly swell. Thanks for asking. Getting ready for uh, non-COVID. I know you're in the uh, west coast of Canada, so the COVID restrictions are still happening there. Is that correct? Yeah, but it's really lax right now. Like it's The way it is, it's recommended, but it's not mandatory. Oh, so masks aren't mandatory at all with you guys right now? Uh, certain places, like um, uh, uh, one building, it may be mandatory in common areas, and another one, it may be recommended in common areas. Certain stores, okay. some have mandatory masks, others have suggested. So if you don't wear a mask, are you basically being an asshole at this point when you walk into these places? Are you that guy everyone's, everybody's looking at, like, oh, he's not wearing a mask? No, because I'll put the mask on when I get outside the store and, and go in. Yeah, we're we're done. I'm in New Brunswick, Canada. Don't stalk me, people. All three people listening to this, please don't stalk me. Um, and we, uh, starting on Friday at midnight, masks are gone. Which means on Monday we're going to have 400 new cases and the hospital's going to be full of people with COVID. Which, like also means, which also means you're dating this podcast so someone wouldn't be able to listen to it in March of 2028, you know. Yeah, well, this is probably a blow But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm echoing on your end. I can hear myself on your end. Oh, I don't hear you. I think we're good now. Okay. I think we're good now. So, anyway, that's that. That's the COVID talk of the day. Um, what's going on in sports? My Boston Red Sox are beating the living hell out of them shit Jays, but the game today got postponed. All that means is doubleheader tomorrow, one at 3 o'clock and one at 8, and I love that. I can see my Red Sox beat the Toronto Blue Jays, Who Jays, Shit Jays, whatever they're called, into blips. And let me go into something real quickly, Andrew, because i got to ask this question. Sure. And, you know, I know you know my dislike for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question because you don't have any bias towards it. You follow baseball, correct? Yeah. I, I actually just watched my team uh, pull up a nice little victory, uh, come from behind victory over the Cleveland soon-to-be Guardians. Oh, how fucking stupid is that? Um, do you feel like the Toronto Blue Jays are overrated right now? By who? By the press, the media, the way people talk about them? I think that when my team's not doing that well, I tend to not read power rankings. So I don't, I don't read know. power rankings ever. And I don't really notice one way or another whether or not they're overrated or underrated. They're, they seem feel, to be talked about as just as much as they should, considering they've got one of the you know two or three best players in that conference. Well, they're not the best players. They're best hitters. Doesn't mean the best players. Their defense is dog shit. Well, as far care. as MVP voting is concerned, oh. you're going to get Otani. You're going to get Guerrero. Oh, a Tawny. A Guerrero. 
I'm just saying. Let me so, Scott only likes it if you're going to say something nice about Alexander Bogarts. If you're not going to well, say, no, say something... is, this is my thing. I don't give a flying shit if you can hit the ball. Great, you hit the ball. Now, if you're a DH, right on. But if you're a first baseman and can't catch a fucking normal throw to your first base, you're a bum. I mean, Guerrero's a good hitter, but he's a shit in the outfield. He's proven it. Doesn't matter. He's in the junior league. It doesn't like when you're in the AL. It the MVP should every year should go to a hitter. And if you're in the NL, then you've got a case for base stealers. You got a case for good Golden Glove fielding. You got a case for excellent pitching. But all I'm it's saying really is just a it's a hitters league. All I'm saying is the Toronto Blue Jays are in fourth in that division. They're more likely going to stay there, maybe hit up third between them and New York, but New York was better. New York's better than Toronto. And, you know, I see everyone talking about how great they are. It's like, I don't see them being that great. Their pitching is horrible. I don't see the talk about them being great. Oh, man. Everyone, like, well, the problem is for me was because yesterday I watched the game. What, what channel did you watch it on? I had to watch it on sports. I had no choice. You sports had to. You had to. Listen. What was I going to do? Was I going to, like, randomly pick up? That's the only channel I can watch it on in Canada. We're also going to watch it. Tell me our channel it's on. When? Uh, as, as a Cardinals fan, and if my Cardinals are playing the Cubs, guess what I'm not going to be watching? The Cubs telecast. Now, if yeah. it's if it's a national game, I'll watch that. But most of the time, I'll watch my commentators. Yeah, and you... That this... Illegally streaming. Yeah, so I, I get it. It's a little bit behind the live feed, but and the feed's shit too. A lot of times the feed is garbage. I'm thinking about getting the MLB Network. I'm thinking about getting like the MLB app. I'm thinking about getting that. Some it's pretty cheap right now. I think if you did, you would have a lot less anxiety, and you're an anxious, anxious man. And it's because the team that you dislike the most, you watch their telecasts. That's not good for the soul. You're going to be dead. Oh, this podcast such a bad idea to even get started. And the thing that's funny is uh, we have another mutual friend. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a big Blue Jays fan. He's a good guy, and I, I know he's a big fan. He even made to me that their commentary is awful. Like he said, they're, they're horrible. On, they're horrible. But regardless, let's get off that topic. Let's get to the wrestling oh that we're here to talk about. We're going to be going over today in the podcast, which kind of let's give it a secondary name. We're going to call I mean, the name of the podcast is Outside Interference, but the secondary name is Newsstand versus Newsletter. We're going to be doing some awards again today because I really like the way we did it last time with the 1987 awards. This is going to be the 1984 awards. Again, Andrew's going to be going through the PWI and going through their awards. And I'm going to be covering the Wrestling Observer Awards. And, uh, yeah, so 1984 obviously was a really crazy year in wrestling. Uh, Vince finally goes complete, tries to go national altogether. And the funny thing about this was reading the Observer, you know, people think that he automatically just became, boom, this big star. Man, that 84 was not the greatest year for them. Do you agree? For who? The WWF? Yeah. Well, I mean, it laid the groundwork. It 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 got them a toy deal. It got them um, you know, cartoon deal. And well, the cartoon was, came in 85. It didn't come in 84. It came in late in September of 85. Yeah, but you got to think. If it's coming in September of 85, there had to have been some 84 discussion. Well, no. You know what happened there? It got discussed at the Mania, probably. After the success of Mania is what it got too, it discussed. Too short of a turnaround. March, I mean, if, 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 you look, if you look at it, 
there's no way that they would have had Snuka be a featured player if it's any time in, like, because you got to figure Vince knew that writing's on the wall with Snuka for not even having a match at Mania. I get it, he was in the main event, but, I mean, that was just for heat. Yeah, interesting. Well, either way, pretty uh, interesting year. Hogan wins the title. Plus, Um, plus, plus Andre had long hair. I guess Andrew's hairstyle was a big deal back then yep. to Andrew, which is well. It's, it's how you can tell '84 from '85. It's Fair like, enough. Yeah, the the LJNs, the the first wave that they had Andre with the long hair, and then they in the next wave, series two, they had him shortcut. True. Nope. That's uh, good to go. So I'm going to find Rookie of the Year here. So let's start it with Rookie of the Year. Uh, do you want to go first or me, Andrew? It's up to you. You go first. Uh, I'm uh, I'm scrolling for it. Yeah, I got it. You go ahead. So my rookie of the year is Mr. Tom Z-Man Zink. Oh, interesting. With 11 votes. With 11 the... votes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know who the hell 11 people were, but I guess there wasn't a lot of votes. Um, <clears throat> fuck, this Japanese things are going to kill me. Yamade, y- Yamadea was number two. Who the hell that is? Nikita Kola. Yamada? Was... Yeah. You know who that is? Who's that? Jushin Thunder Liger. Is that Buddha? Oh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, interesting. Nikita Koloff was number three with 10 votes, and Mike Von Erich was tied also with 10 votes. Interesting. So they didn't really care too much about the rookie of the year, but either way, you go with yours. <clears throat> I, want, I want your prediction. Oh, yeah. 84. I'm going with the Von Erich. I'm guessing a Von Erich. Mike Carr? Mike? Yep, Mike, Mike Von Erich. With 13,328 votes. That's a few more votes than the Observer. A few. A few. few. Uh, First runner-up was Nikita Koloff. Second runner-up was Crusher Khrushchev. And third runner-up, Kevin Kelly, the would-be nails. And honorable mentions include Brutus Beefcake, not a rookie. Not even close. Beefcake had been wrestling since, what, the 70s with Hogan. Well, that's the thing. they they kayfabe it. Like, I remember, yeah. uh, God, who was it? I think it was Doink got some Rookie of the Year votes. Oh, my and, God. And Bourne had been in business since the 70s. That's hilarious. Yeah. Or, or Razor Ramon. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anywho, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Steve Armstrong, Gino Brito Jr., and the Tonda Kid. Now, my question for you. Mm-hmm. Who do you think should have won... 1984's Rookie of the Year. Oh, Jesus, man. That's hard. I mean, shit. I was like five. I I can't give that answer. I just can't do it. Well, I'm not saying, because, I mean, neither one of us were wrestling fans in 1984, but hindsight, you know, going back, seeing the footage. Of all the people that, I mean, I'd put Liger, probably. In the end, if you're going to pick a guy who should have won it, that had a better, the best career, I'd probably go with Liger. Yeah, but I'm looking at that more impact on in his rookie year, and i got to say Nikita. The, yeah, and that was, yeah, I was, after you said that, I was just right, I was on the tip of my tongue to say Nikita. Yeah, Nikita would definitely be the guy, because he was pretty much, boom, right out the bat. Well, he was, he was put with Ivan right away, wasn't he? Yeah, because I've been watching the Mid-Atlantic footage, and... Ivan Koloff and Don. Where are you watching this footage at, Andrew? Can you tell us where you're watching this footage at? On the award-winning World Wrestling Entertainment Network. And And how much does it cost to uh, have that? 
it's I think it's thirteen ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, good, I just want to put a promo in there for Vince. Just if Vince is listening, I'd like to get a shot in that uh, that TV show. He's getting involved in the. Uh, I want to be a film Nostrick. That's why I want to play. But you go ahead. Oh, I think they'll get Bobcat Goldthwait to play that. But uh, what was I even? Oh yeah, with the Mid Atlantic footage. Um, <laughs> Ivan Koloff and Don Cronulla are the tag team, the Mid Atlantic tag team champions. And yeah. Nikita's been introduced. He's had squash matches. He's also worked in their corner. They do some six mans. The the turn's coming on on Don, the late Don Cronoodle, but Nikita is already being positioned as the single version of the Road Warriors. In that, okay, you, you don't mess with this guy. He's huge. And interestingly enough, the the last one I watched featured an arm wrestling contest between him and Dusty. Ooh, I'm with Dusty that quick, eh? Yeah. This is now, a interest- year. Now, the interesting thing is, if you look at this, where's Tom Zink in 84? What's he doing? Is he AWA, I think? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I guess yeah, Nikita should have got it. But that's the way she goes, kids. That's the way she goes. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. I got some shit going on in my area here. All right. Let's, okay, be, so- let's go up to the next one. You uh, pick the next topic. I'm going to go match of the year. Oof, jumping right in there, eh, big guy? Yep. And okay, so I'm going to guess Hulk Hogan, yep. the Iron Sheik. No. It's actually Terry Von Erich versus Ric Flair. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. They love that match in PWI, man. They love I'm not saying it was a bad match, but they love it. Like yep. 15,713 votes. Yeah. And that's uh, everyone has seen that picture with 3,300 times that year. So oh, yeah. You see him. Keep going. What's your runner-ups? The, uh, the first runner-up is Rick Martel versus Jumbo Shruta. Second runner-up. Yep. That was when Martel won the AWA World Heavyweight yeah. title. Then second runner-up is Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheik with 9,987 votes. And third runner-up is Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat with 6,132 votes. The honorable mentions include Tito Santana, Defeating the Magnificent Morocco on February 11 in Boston. Uh, Dusty Rhodes' April 30 win over Ric Flair in the main event of the Lord of the Rings in Miami, Florida's Orange Bowl. The Road Warriors' August 25th capturing of the AWA World Tag Team belts from Crusher and Baron Von Raschke at the Las Vegas' Showboat Pavilion. And Magnum TA's victory over Mr. Wrestling 2 on May 13 in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Civic Center. And let me just say that I had been spoiled pre- previously because all of the other year-end awards I had seen were 87 and higher. The mm-hmm. the formatting of the 84 award issue, the it, it doesn't it's not as neat, it's not as clear and the Honorable mentions are just one long paragraph, and you have to like oh, read yeah. it in order to see the match. It's kind of what I have here with the Observer ones, too. So I want you to guess what the Observer Prentice match of the year. Hmm. I'm going to say Flair versus Steamboat. Nope. Freebirds versus Von Air, July 4th. Oh, yeah. Street fight. 184 votes. Runner-up, Slaughter and Sheik, boot camp match in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Flair and Von Eric, Texas Stadium. Number four, Dynamite Kid, the Cobra, in Tokyo on July 5th. Uh, number five, Yasu, 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 oh, fuck, I can't. It's Takana against Yasu, I think his name is, in Tokyo. Honorable mentions, Flair and uh, Steamboat from May 29th in Jersey. 
Takata versus Yamagasi. I forget. I can think I pronounced it. April 5th, Tokyo. Hogan and Sheik. Hogan won the belt. This is an interesting one. Dynamite Kid, David Boy Smith, David Schultz versus Anoki, Fujinami, and Cobra. That's a random, that's a weird sex man. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on um, a Best Dynamite Kid comp that I had, which was mostly Tiger Mask matches, but it also had yeah. stuff against uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, Cobra, uh, and that along with another match teaming up with Greg Valentine. Interesting. Uh, Bruiser Brody versus Jerry Blackwell, which is like, that's a weird one to be in that list. I couldn't see that being that great, but maybe Bruiser got a good match with him. October 21st in St. Paul, Dynamite Kid versus David Boy Smith in Oscar, July 20th, 20, yeah, July 20th. Super Tiger versus Akira Maida, Ricky Steamboat versus Dick Slater in Jackson in Greenville in early June, Flair versus Von Eric in Japan. That's when Flair got the belt back. Mm-hmm. And Cobra versus Kobashi in Tokyo. That's a lot of I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, the Von Eriks are a big deal in A4, man. They get the uh, vote. One of them gets the vote for Match of the Year in PWI, and then they get the six-man in uh, Observer. I know Meltzer was a huge... I know Meltzer didn't just vote us, but he was a big fan of the Obser- of um, not the Observer, of the Von Eric Freebird thing. I mean, it was great, but you got to get... The only thing about the PWI, or sorry, Observer, that can get to you, a lot of people that read it, especially back then, think that Meltzer's God. And whatever he says is like gold. Do you agree? No. See, I, I think that if every time I've gone to a wrestling show, mm-hmm. I have heard the conversations of quote-unquote smart fans. Smart yeah. fans have existed before Dave Meltzer existed. They like, People watch this thing called professional wrestling and they form opinions and you know i love our gender to death but if there's one thing no no one would ever accuse men of it would be hiding their opinion men like to let people around them know what their thoughts are on things and whether it's welcome or not and wrestling is going to draw that type of personality same thing if you go to a baseball game or a football game. You could have somebody that is, you know, trying to flex by showing off their, their knowledge on something. And it's no different with the pro wrestling. And when VCRs became a thing and people could tape their local shows, whether if they lived in Texas, yeah. they could tape the world class. If they lived in Memphis, they could tape the Memphis. If they lived in Portland, they could tape the Portland. And they would trade because they wanted to see this other stuff thanks to the magazines on the newsstands, which whets your appetite. Like, I want to see this. I don't want to just see a still frame. I want to see the action. And my pick for the 1984 match of the year from the footage that I've seen, Kerry Von Erich versus Jumbo Schruda. I really like that match. I think it's Kerry's best match as a wrestler. You love some Jumbo. Jumbo's great. Um, I like Tito and Valentine, but I can't think of the matches they had. It's hard to, they really blend together. I actually think their 85 stuff's better than their 84 stuff. But, yeah, I can't really think of the top of my head because, again, I didn't see much 84 stuff. I've seen it, but, you know, it's tough. Um, the next category is going to be the best heel or most hated wrestler in your end. So, did you go first last time? Yeah, you go. Okay. You pick who who won on my end. 
I'm going to say Rowdy Roddy Piper. You are correct. That makes sense. I had to sneeze there. I had to mute myself. Sorry about that. Okay. So, yeah. So, Roddy Piper wins with 440 votes. The runner-up. Guess the runner-up, just for fun. Is it... Tully Blanchard? The Iron Sheik. Oh, okay. With 139 votes, we have Bruiser Brody at number three and Michael Hayes at number three at 127 votes. Butch Reed at 117 at five. Honorable mentions Paul Orndorff, Kevin Sullivan, Ricky Chozu, and Chris Adams. Hmm. This is crazy. Now, um, who do you think won the most hated Russell of the year? Ric Flair. Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, Piper was... Well, it's, I should have picked Piper. Piper in 84, man, come on. Like, that is probably... I don't know those stars are the best heel run. Would you put it up there? Oh, it's in the conversation, that's for sure. Like, he was amazing. Now, this is the thing. This, is that the 84? Is that the one where he has Andre on? Is that the year he has Andre on and does the uh, don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun? Yep. Yeah, I mean, 84. I love Piper because Piper's, like, really small. Piper is a bad ass man. Like, he does not look like a pussy. He doesn't look like he's ready to back down. But he's going to go after Andre. That shows this guy doesn't give a shit, his character at least, so. Yeah, Piper's uh, Piper's great. That's one thing, you know, I'm not a big fan of watching the same shit, but I could watch Piper's pick comp all day long. From, like, 84, 85, once he goes face, it's like, yeah, I don't care for it much. It's a little goofy at that point. So who's your runner-up? Uh, my runner-ups are Kevin Sullivan with 11,085 votes, Tully Blanchard with 9,837 votes, the Iron Sheik with 9,456 votes, and honorable mentions include gentleman Chris Adams, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Ted DiBiase, and Gino Hernandez. It's crazy looking at the observer thinking, where the hell is Gino Hernandez? Where's Tully Blanchard? It's very odd to me that these guys make, like, Piper makes sense, complete sense, but the Iron Sheik over guys like Blanchard, I, the Iron Sheik was a big heel in 84, but, I mean, Blanchard and Hernandez were really good. It's very odd the way that voted. But... That's the way that it is. Uh, what's your next category? My next category will be Manager of the Year. Manager of the Year. Let me find it. I don't know. Do I have Manager of the Year here? I must have Manager of the Year somewhere here. Rookie, hardest worker. Okay, I got it here. You go ahead. I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. 84. Jimmy Hart. Nope. Precious Paul Ellering with 14,562 votes. Interesting. Who's your runner-ups? Runner-ups include Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart with 11,346 votes, James E. Cornette with 9,237 votes, and James J. Dillon with 8,345 votes. Honorable mentions include Gary Hart, Sheik Adnan Al-Casey, Paul Jones, and Cindy Lauper. None for Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, well, I'm looking at mine here, 84. I got Jimmy Hart at one. I should have let you guess that, but whatever. I didn't. 84 votes. Lou Alabama at two, 25 votes. Jim Cornette at three with 18 votes, and that's it. Um, Heenan, 84, I mean, he comes in He comes in late 84. I'm going to look at Heenan's debut. Give me a second here. Just yeah, but even if, you include his, even if you include his AWA stuff, I mean, Heenan 
was a really good manager and should always be in the conversation. The fact that he didn't get any votes is crazy to me. Like Cindy Lauper, Paul Jones. No. Yeah. You're looking, you're, you're, you're going kayfabe pretty hard at this point with that. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. I mean, if you're going kayfabe, he's the manager of the world goddamn champion. Well, did they have a heart? They didn't really like it anyway. Was there something issue with them? PWI and AWA weren't big, big fans of each other. Uh, it's tough to say because you'll get stuff like Martell and Jumbo getting first runner-up for match of the year. Yeah, true. And huh. you're getting Tom Zink winning rookie of the year, which I still can't figure that out. That doesn't even make sense to me that he got voted rookie of the year. I mean. It's. I'd be interested to know in '84, who were his sources? Has it ever came out who his sources were in '84? Was it Dylan one of his sources? I'm not sure. You but know, I mean, it, would, it wouldn't even have anything to do with sources because it's a fan vote, and I know Zinc would, you know, become one of his, you know, notable guests on his radio show. But oh, that yeah. was years later. I, I honestly think it comes down to to the taste of the voters, and they're not going to vote for Mike because he's the worst fun, Eric. And the Tita, he's a big muscle guy, and smart fans hate that. Tom Zink, he looks like he's going to be the next Tito or Martell or Steamboat. You know, he's got that type of mold. Just had a bit of an attitude problem. That was his problem. Thought he was better than he really was by the sounds of it. Um, We're going to go up here. Let's see what we got here. Let's see, see, see. We're going to take a look at... Jesus Christ, what am I looking at here? Fuck. Let's go tie team of the year. Okay. I'm going to guess for you, is it the Road Warriors? It is Road Warriors with 369 votes. Uh, Runner-up, Davey Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid with 274. Number three, Brody and Hansen with three two fifty six. Number four, which I like this team, Madonna's fuck, I got tongue tied. Adonis and Murdoch. Jesus Christ, um, I like them personally. I like oh, both of them. Yeah, they're great. Um, you ever see that TNT segment where they go find Adonis, talk to him in New York oh, yeah. City? Yeah, yeah, really good. He's he was. That's a guy. That if he could have stayed, I mean, he still got over as adorable Adrian Adonis. Let's be real about it. I mean, you got to think '86. He's what third top heel in the company. I go Orndorff, him or Orndorff, Savage, and him. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean, well, guy, it depends. It depends. Like at the first part of the year, you'd have to include Bundy in the conversation. Yeah, but for a guy who's being punished, because that was a punishment to him, he gained a shit ton of weight, so they punished him. And he takes that and runs with it and does a good job at it. I mean, you look at other guys who did, got punished. I mean, the only other guy I can think of is Dusty. I mean, they gave Dusty Pocahontas a fuck with him. Let's be real about it. That was It's, it's almost like the guy running the show has a problem with fat people. You don't say. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that man who runs that show, who will remain nameless if we don't want anyone getting offended, you fucking asshole. Um, not you, him. Yeah. I've seen today... I don't know where I've seen it, but it's a picture of him outside of Boston when they're promoting Austin and uh, main event. 
WrestleMania, 14, flexing. And I think, what a fucking douchebag. Like, just, that's the kind of guy, man, that I'm being serious. I know there's a lot of Vince haters there. I would never. He'd be the guy, put it this way. If he's in your family and you go to a family function, you don't fucking talk to that guy. He's the guy you're like, hey, how you doing? Things are good. All right, see you later. And you just walk away. He's just an asshole. Like, he's just a total asshole. And people go on about all this stuff. Oh, fuck, he's a dick. And people, oh, he does good things. Listen, people, rich people do a lot of good things for good PR, okay? So don't believe everything you fucking see. The guy's a dick. Sorry, I went on a little rant there about that guy. But either way, Adonis was really good. Murdoch was really good. Team didn't last that long. But how long they around for? About a year? Yeah. Well, I think Murdoch was gone... Early in '85, wasn't he? Like he he wouldn't have been there by the time Mania. No, I think it was gone. You ever hear how they got Murdoch and Adonis? I don't think they already had Adonis. They didn't have Adonis. You ever hear how they got them? No. This is where Vince Sr. comes in because I love Vince's little story about how my father didn't know really because Vince Sr. went to Japan and basically went to Murdoch and Adonis and got them to come over. He went over there and started getting people. He went over to Japan. He was over there in probably I think it was like late '83. A, like it must have been the tie tournament. It was grabbing guys to come over, American guys to come over into WWF. Like, ugh, don't even get me started on that fucking asshole. Not Ben Senior. There was some cool pictures of him. You see the pictures they showed up of him a couple days ago? No, not that I noticed. It was like them at dinner parties. It was like grill was in it, and uh, it was pretty cool. Anyway, number five, Chosu and Hazem. Hazem, I cannot pronounce this fucking name. H a m o a g u c h i. I, um, say it again. H A M O A G U C H I. Hamaguchi? What's the first yeah. name? Doesn't say. This is oh. the last name. Okay. And the honorable mention is Condry and Eaton. That's 72 votes. So I'm guessing yours, Road Warriors, 100%. Yeah. Road Warriors with 13,984 votes. First runner up, the Von Erichs. Second runner up, the Fabulous Ones. Third runner-up, the Rock and Roll Express. Honorable mentions include Brett and Buzz Sawyer, Chavo and Hector Guerrero. Wait a second. Brett, oh, then never mind. The brothers keep going. Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, and your boys, Iceman Parsons and Buck Zumhoff. Oh, Bucky. Oh, what's he doing now? What's he doing these days, Bucky? Oh, Bucky Zumhoff. I'm not what, sure. 30 years? I don't think he's involved with the wrestling right now. Anymore. Oh, he's not. He's wrestling for his life right now. <laughs> um, but that isn't like, I want to tell a story about the Romans. I don't know if you told me this story or my friend told me the story because it's very vague. I think my friend told me being a kid and his father was a wrestling fan, but he was an NWA fan. And this is when Demolition was probably, I mean, when did you become a Demolition guy to you? When did they become like, oh, this is the team? Hmm. I'm going to say, for me, it would have been late 88, early 89. Because I remember hearing the results of WrestleMania 5 on the the TV and them saying there was two title changes, and I knew for sure Hogan was winning the title. Well, everyone knew that. I thought that Warrior was going to cruise through Rude, and I was really nervous because I thought, oh, no, I don't want Powers of Pain to be the tag champs. 
And then when I found out that Rude one, I was so relieved. I was like, oh, thank God, Demolition's still the champs. And then I was... He's, he's, all, all throughout 89, all throughout 89, I loved Demolition. They were... They would alternate Axe and Smash being my favorite wrestler. Um, my friend told me a story about... He mentioned it was father with Demolition, and his father hated them. He was Road Warriors guy. He's an NWA guy, so they're fucking ripoffs of the Road Warriors. Which... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone uses gimmicks at work. And, I mean, Demolition, we all know the story. If nobody, if someone else in this doesn't know, but how Moondog Rex, was that Rex? It was Rex, right? Yep. Was the original Smash. I mean, that did not work, obviously. And then, um, I mean, it worked. That That's a real, It's a, it shows that Edie was really awesome. Like, nothing against Darso, but Billy Edie was really, really fucking good, man. And he made that team what it was. But it was just really, they were awesome. They were awesome together. And then they bring Crush in. We know the story behind that. That goes to shit after that. And nothing like, I mean, I watched an interview with Edie and uh, Dorso, and they made a good point. It's nothing against Brian Adams. It's just he was young. Can you imagine your first run you're in with Demolition. That's a big, uh, big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. So, the tag team of the year. What are you picking for the next one? Next one, I'm going to go most popular wrestler of the year. Most popular wrestler of the year. Okay, so I'm going to guess the Hulkster, brother. Nope. Oh, fuck. Flair, isn't it? No. No, it's uh, Kerry Von Erich. Oh, I forgot. They love Kerry Von Erich. They were just like, oh, Kerry, let's taste it. Kerry with so- 12,720 votes. Uh, first runner-up. The Incredible Hulk Hogan with 11,567 yeah. votes. Second runner-up, The American Dream, Dusty Rose with 10,468 votes. And third runner-up, Sergeant Slaughter with 9,856 votes. Honorable mentions include Kevin Von Erich, Billy Jack, Jimmy Valiant, and Tito Santana. Um, before we get to mine, has anyone heard about Billy? Is he, like, has anyone found Billy Jack or is he still missing? I don't know. Which is, let's, I'm going to take a look at that. I'm going to take a look real quick because I got to see if that guy's still. Like, that's a sin, and I know we make little jokes and stuff, but the guy's obviously has, has major issues, man. Oh, big time! Yeah. Like, but the thing is, he needs someone to get him off, like you know, get him away from interviews. And these guys running around doing interviews, and they should know better than to do interviews with this guy. I get he needs money, but come on, you're just—it's almost abuse. Let's take a look at his Twitter. Let's see if his Twitter's been active. Um. 300. March, no. Jesus Christ. I'm not. The last thing I see, January 19th, 2021. It's not been her over nine months at that point. Let's take a look if anyone comments about him. I hate to be late there. Sad thing, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we get that. This is on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Sims will find it. Somebody put like six minutes ago. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, he's not around. That's like, but you think someone would know something. <laughs> like, put a mystery report file for the guy or something. Like, Jesus Christ. He's just nowhere to be found? I mean, that's, yeah. I, I, I can't watch his interviews anymore. It's just too crazy for me. Like, him and Sheik, uh, both of them are nuts. I think Sheik's more of an act. I believe Sheik's more of an act. He's just doing it to get around people. But Billy Jack... He's a, he's got fucking issues. Okay, so my best baby face. That's what's that's what the awards named in the uh, Wrestle Observer. I want you to guess who it is. 
Is it Hulk Hogan? It's the Hulkster, brother. Mr. Hulk Hogan with 372 votes. Runner-up, Kerry Vaughn. I have one foot. Eric. Not oh, time. Right. one foot. He hit both then. Um, 323, so it was close. It was a close vote. Um, at three, Sergeant Slar with 193 votes. Four, Ricky Chozu. Five, oh, sweet Jesus, Jerry Lawler. Honorable mention, Jimmy Snuka. Dusty Rose and Ricky Steamboats. That's what we have there. Um, yeah, I mean, Hogan, I guess, you know, we go with on Eric. I just think Hogan was bigger oh, at that sure. point. It was a big year for him beating yeah. the Sheik. But the problem with Hogan is he wasn't consistent with, like, you know, if you look at when he beats Sheik, he goes to Japan right away. He's over in Japan for over at least a month working well, over it's, there. It's like what Meltzer said in his Orndorff uh, obituary that what was impressive about the Orndorff-Hogan feud was that it drew in the same city multiple times, and that was a yeah. big problem with Hogan is that he would pop the territory once, and then, you know, you've seen it. Yeah, I mean, Hogan's... I mean, Hogan 84 matches are different than, like, 86, mm-hmm. 87, because 87, 88, he's in the formula. Like, you're seeing the same Hogan. But 84, he's doing different things. It's not all the same old shit. I mean, I don't know if he's even doing Hulk-ups yet at that point. Well, I oh, guess... Yeah. yeah. Is he still doing the... But he's not doing it right at the end, where, okay, this is the end of the match. I mean, you look at Hogan... That was a huge well, the, the, the thing about Hogan 84 is that sometimes he'd win with an elbow drop. Sometimes he'd win with a roll-up. And sometimes the setup for the leg drop was the corner clothesline as opposed to the big boot. So it was it, it, there was some variety to the matches. Now, they all ended the same way with his arm up, but it, it wasn't as predictable as it would become. And I'm fine with Hogan winning. That's not a problem. But the problem with Hogan is eventually is that everyone's finisher gets fucked by Hogan. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm surprised they they didn't have serious backlash from that. Because you got to think back in, like, the 80s, dude. We know it's being wrestling fans. Wins and losses were a big deal. It's not like it is now where nobody remembers what happened yesterday on Raw. I mean, and you're having, like, him kick out a ho- or uh, <clears throat> uh, the elbow drop and, Earthquake splash, like shit like that. That's a dude, you're just, I don't know. Somehow they locked out and didn't kill their heels off. Surprised by it, but that's what it was. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about was Feud of the Year. And I am not even going to try to pronounce the second one, so it's being skipped. Honestly, to... uh, PWI did not have a Feud of the Year. Really? Yep. Oh, they didn't do until six. That's my bad. Well, I'll tell you. But I'll let you guess mine then. Well, I, judging by your difficulty pronouncing the names, I'm going to say it's no, no, uh, number two, not number. Uh, th- it's not number one. Number two is the one I can't get. Oh, is it Slaughter Chic? Nope. Uh, Von Eris of Freebirds. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, Three thirty nine. Sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. I'm just mad at myself for not predicting that. And I'm going to spell out the name of the Japanese guys because it's interesting. That's three thirty nine. Number two. Ashagun, Ashagun, Ashagun. Don't ring a bell. Spell it. I S H I N G U N. Oh yeah, Ishinunigen. It's basically Choshu Fujina against Fujinami, but with their own little stables. Well, it's a stable thing. I know what you mean. Stable thing. That got 330 votes. That was nine votes off. That's a close one. 
number three, Sergeant Slaughter vs. Iron Sheik, which I'll tell you, anyone that hasn't watched it, find their MSG match. What is that dated? I'm not sure. The, the one where they go backstage. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what the date is. It's the most, I could not, I was blown away when I seen that. And you know what? I should really, you know what? Hang tight. Oh, I can't. I'm going to try to find it. You're going to bring... drop some audio? You should always do that. I'm going to drop post. some audio on do us it, here. Do it, do it in post, man. What's that? Do it in post. How much time has gone by in this recording right now? Uh, hold on, let's take a look here. We're at almost 40 minutes. Yeah, so just uh, at the 40-minute mark. That's easy to remember. Yeah, well, don't get too excited. I have to get find it first. Well, it's not like I'm ever going to listen to these. Um, anybody else is going to listen to that. <laughs> that right, that's true. All, all three people. This, this is the ultimate advantage project. It's not even for ourselves. This is for nobody. This is a... Yeah. Podcast like this is the a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to listen to the podcast will anybody bitch online? It's just the fact we talk about it on the phone, we must talk about it on the air to nobody. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second here. Son of a bitch. Okay, yeah. You can you can get notifications. I had to log into uh into my YouTube. Sergeant Slavers is Iron Chic. Riveting. This is riveting audio. Oh, it's riveting Most... when you hear it. It's great when you hear it. Um nineteen eighty four. I'm gonna try backstage. You're just going to insert it into our conversation? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to bring it up here. But i got to find it. Uh, When is it? I'm going to have to look a little bit more. Give us a little backstory on the Iron Sheik, uh, Sergeant Slaughter feud, Andrew. uh, So I don't look like a complete idiot right now when I'm doing this. Well, Iron Sheik had just came off losing the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship to Hulk Hogan and was going down the card but not – a drastic drop, you know, he was, he had that world title and the world title was not like it would become where pretty much everyone can say that they were a former world champion. It was still fairly exclusive company and Sergeant Slaughter, everything post Grand Wizard, to be honest with you, he was spinning his wheels. He was kind of like picture Greg Valentine, 1988. He was just doing nothing. And Russell and guys like Ivan Putsky and Jay Strongbow. And he was a great talent, and it was just they didn't have anything for him. And so they flipped him because he, he could be a babyface, right? And, he, yeah, he could because he took that fame to Hasbro. And I think it was Hasbro that made G.I. Joe's and became the face of a toy company. But... It all started with one of the best ways to start an angle, the entrance way, the aisle angle where one guy is leaving and another guy is coming to the ring and they have a face-to-face. And that would be a staple throughout the years, a great way to kind of position people into a marriage. And Sheik and Slaughter would have bloody boot camp matches, no disqualification matches. I I think even a lumberjack match. I'm not 100% sure on that until eventually Slaughter would then get nickelized. So it wasn't going to go great for him. And I'm not sure what happened with Sheik because I, 
I haven't well, seen 84 stuff in a long time. I'm watching it now with um, another podcast I listened to. They're in, they're just in early 84. January 84. Yeah. I can't find that video, by the way. I oh, love great. So much to be found. Yeah, I just ruined everybody's fun. Yeah. Sorry, guys, for getting very excited. But anyway, basically, what happens? I'll tell you, buddy. Um, the wrestling. I forget what match. What I forget what it was. But it was at the Hogan era. Like Hogan had won the. I think it was like February of '84, maybe. And they go backstage, and it's like you. What did? What did? What did Blassie call him? I'm not sure. Like you fucker. You fucker slaughter, like, screaming. I'm like, what? They're saying the effort? What the hell is going on here? It is the most crazy thing I've ever seen. Um, it's out there. Just search for it. It's just it's not easy to find. Like, his WWE can basically break it down for you, but it's a very crazy backstage segment. And I remember there was a guy there. I don't know who it is, but you can tell they're either working him to make him think it's real because he looks scared to death. And he's some suit guy. It was very, uh, it was very interesting. So we've done a uh, few of the year. What do you got left on your end, Andrew, for uh, for awards? My next award will be most improved wrestler of the year. Okay, let me see. You go ahead with yours. Uh, All right, we yeah. guess. Let me guess. Yeah. It's Vaughn Eric. Do you have a prediction, Mike? No, if he's a rookie. He wouldn't have been most improved. Okay, uh, Kevin. No. Okay, go ahead. It was Billy Jack with 11,762 votes. First runner-up is Magnum TA with 11,434 votes. Second runner-up, Rick Martell with 10,982 votes. And third runner-up, Ronnie Garvin with 9,938 votes. And honorable mentions include Tito Santana, Kevin Von Erich, Tully Blanchard, and Terry Taylor. We have one to guess what mine is. Hmm. Is it Magnum? The Cobra. Oh. Yeah. We have the Cobra, 244 votes. We have Carrie Von Eric at number two with 100 votes. Tiger Mask. But that's going to be Tiger Mask, too. Eighty-four, no, am I right? No, no, that's still Tiger Mask. So why is he be the most improved? Did he have a bad eighty-three? I don't get that. But he's three. Hercules Hernandez is four. Tony Kidd is five. Honorable mentions: Jesse Barr, aka Jimmy Jack Funk, Brian Blair, Takata, Buddy Landell, and Brian Adias. And that's really shitty with Brian Blair's son. I heard about that. That's really yeah, crazy. yeah. That's yeah, that's a bad that's a bad thing to hear about. I'm not. Yeah, it's too bad that people get involved in stuff like that. It's sin. Um, I know they had issues in the past, but nobody, nobody, whatever. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so yeah, most improved. I mean, I'm gonna do a little fun thing here because you don't have most unimproved in the Observer or in PWI, but I do. So I'm no, gonna I, I, I I do have an award that you don't, so you can give me that, that one, and I'll give you one that you don't. Okay, give me a second here. Uh, where is it at? Most unimproved. I know we have it here. Where are you at? Most overrated. Most. Well, did they not have unimproved? Okay, maybe they didn't. Have, let's go with um, most overrated, which I'm going to find. I want you to guess who it is. Thinking. Um, 
84 most rated. Is it Big John Stud? You are correct. Oh! You are correct. Big John Stud with 225 votes. Number two is Mr. Hulk Hogan, which is disgusting to say with the, with the Hawks are in 84. Um, Junkyard Dog. It's funny. Hogan gets 183 votes. Junkyard Dog gets 181, so they're pretty close. Uh, Junkyard is three. Dusty Rhodes is four with 175. Ivan Pusky, which should have been right at the top, because he fucking sucked. I, oh, my God. Yeah, By 84, he looks, what's that? Overrated means somebody's got to rate him. Uh, yeah, he's dog shit. Um, honorable mentions, Andre the Giant. Jimmy Steam, Jimmy Steam, Jimmy Snooker. Why did I say Steamboat? Jesus Christ. It's 1243 where I'm at. Uh, Giant Baba. Tito Santana. Well, that's crazy. Why did I say Tito for it? That doesn't make any sense to me. Tito's good in 84. And Brutus the Barber, not Barber yet, Beefcake. All right, so we'll see my, award, my award that you don't have is Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. And I'm going to go with Eric. Harry. Nope, Sergeant Slaughter with 14,324 oh, yeah. votes. Yeah. Uh, first runner-up, Kerry Von Eric with 13,145 votes. Second runner-up, Kevin Von Eric. Nope, Kevin Von Eric with 10,345 votes. Third runner-up, Bob Backlund with 7,224 yeah, votes. Honorable mentions include Magnum TA, Jimmy Valiant, Rick Martell, and Dusty Rhodes. All that matters is that Bobby Boy was in there. Why the hell he was in there, I have no idea, because 84 was a shit year for Bob Backlund. And I think we talked about that thing where everyone knows the story, supposedly, that... Now, this is interesting. They said they wanted to dye his hair black and turn him heel, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm curious when they were looking to do that. Were they going to go do it down the, farther down the road? I'm thinking they were doing it farther down the road. Because I told the story either to you before privately or once on another podcast that... He wrestles the Iron Sheik. I want to think it's Philly in late 84. Sheik starts, I think Volkov was, anyway, Hogan comes in, cleans house, and gets them out and starts posing. And, like, Backlund gives him this look. Like, he's disgusted by him. But then Backlund's gone. I'm thinking my thing is they're probably planning it. Maybe Backlund's all for it, but bails out at the last minute. Well, the problem is, like, for me, 84, is so messy because I don't know when things happen. I don't know when he's having his match against Schultz. I don't know when he's having his match with Okerlund against Steele and Fuji. I don't know when he's having his stuff against Orndorff or Stud or Orton. It's all just Orndorff's early in the year. Orndorff's like in February. I know it's pretty early. That's one of his first title defenses against Orndorff. Which is funny because you know they never had an MSG match during their 86 feud. Yeah. That's true. That's now, true. you should go for the for the next award, the only one that we both have left. Brassler of the Year? Yeah, I'm going to make Pro my... Pro Brassler of the Year? I'm going to make my prediction for you. Is it the Nature Boy? It is the Nature Boy, Mr. Rick Flair. Yeah. at 518 votes. In second, it is not even close. Uh, Dynamite Kid at 184 votes. Number three, Bruiser Brody at 174 votes. Number four, Mr. Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea at 128 votes. Number five, Ricky Chosu at 73 votes. Honorable Mansion, Super Tiger with 71. 
Roddy Piper with 66, and Kerry Von Eric with 51. My prediction for you is Kerry Von Eric. No, it's Ric Flair with 12,965 votes. Uh, first runner-up is Hulk Hogan with 12,741 votes. Second runner-up is Terry Von Erich with 11,963 votes. And third runner-up is Rick Martel with 11,345 votes. The honorable mentions include Dusty Rhodes, Kevin Von Erich, Sergeant Slaughter, and Magnum T.A. You know, it's interesting. Bruiser Brody didn't exist in the magazines by the sounds of it. No. Well, I mean, to be fair, there's not much Japanese stuff mentioned at all. And, yeah. and, and Brody did wrestle in the States, but he was an indie worker in yeah. 84. So. Be interesting to see what, what kind of living he made. I mean, he's making his living in Japan. That's where he's making his big money. Yeah. And just kind of doing indies, just to be like, what the hell? I'll work a few weekends here and there to make extra cash, right? But I mean, I've heard stories about that he was making big money in Japan. Like in the 80s. What was he making? I, I think I read in a book somewhere. Was it around like, you might be able to quote it better than me. I don't want to quote a crazy. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to think know. he was making something like maybe 30, 40,000 a tour. Yeah, that's perhaps. Uh, now, here's an interesting thing. Mm. They have a list of every championship title change of the year. So oh. I, want, I want you to. Give me a date, and I'll let you know if a title changed hands on that date. An actual date, like a like March fourth, March fourth. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I don't know, July tenth. No, there's no title change on July tenth. Yeah, that's just random. I don't know. Yeah, it's just. Um. So you have some secondary stuff that you can do, and I also have secondary stuff that I can show up. Do you want to do yours first, or I go through mine? Um, I'll do mine first because I think mine's a little drier. So this is the numbers 84 and $1 paid by Jimmy Valiant to Baron Von Raschke to help get rid of Paul Jones. According to Valiant, that's all Jones is worth. $500 fine charged to George the Animal Steel in Springfield, Massachusetts when he attacked a referee after losing a match to Bob Backlund. $1,000 $1,000 offered by Jimmy Hart to anyone who can cripple Tommy Wildfire Rich. $2,500 fine levied against NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair for striking a referee during a title defense in Texas against Terry Von Erich. $2,500 won by Hercules Kevin Kelly in a Pacific Northwest Battle Royal. Wait a second, Kelly- Hercules Kevin Kelly, that's what they called him? Yeah, apparently in Pacific Northwest, that's... That's what his name was. And interestingly enough, in my watching um, in 85, he shows up in both Mid-South and in World Class. And in World Class, he's called Thor. And in Mid-South, I believe he's also called Thor, but I think it's Thor in quotes, Kevin Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get right to the bottom of it. $100,000 won by Crusher Blackwell in a 20-man battle royal in St. Paul, Minnesota. Gimmick, them gimmick checks on them battle royals. Another one here. We got $100,000 cash to Dusty Rhodes as a result of his victory over Ric Flair on the Lords of the Ring card. And the granddaddy of them all, $1 million in cash awarded to the winner of the Ric Flair-Dusty Rhodes main event Starcade 84 in Greensboro, North Katalaki. Thanksgiving night, it is the largest cash purse in professional wrestling history. And it's not real. Love it. 
I, I like the idea of it. I mean, you want to make it look realistic. I mean, you know, but I mean, come on. We all know that they didn't get that kind of money. Um, they got a oh. fake check. Oh, here's an interesting one that I skipped over. What's that? Uh, well, a, a few interesting ones. Uh, $10,000 fine charged to Bruiser Brody and Sheik Adnan Al Casey for interfering in a televised match between Jim Brunzel and Rooster Griffin. And the next one was $15,000 rewarded to anyone who can body slam King Kong Bundy. Now, my question to you, Scott, is who collected that $15,000 by successfully body slamming one King Kong Bundy? 84, he's in, he's in world class. Mm-mm-mm. No, he's in Georgia, isn't he? Uh, yep. Okay, Georgia. Magnum TA? Road Warrior Animal. Yeah. No, they must have, They were heels. Yeah. It's interesting, eh? Yeah, they fucking love them, eh? That's weird. That must have been part of the split because they were with Legion of Doom. It was the Road Warriors, Bundy, Jake, who also is in that fraction. Fraction. Spoiler. Yeah, which is really weird that he was in that. That's a very odd person to put in that. You know, Road Warriors, I can see Bundy, Jake, but spoiler, like what the hell? It's just well, odd. Well, it's kind of like how you didn't really see Hercules uh, doing much stuff with Rick Rude, but they were both managed by Bobby Heenan. Well, they did six bands and stuff when Rude first came in. And you know what's an interesting thing? I forget it now. Never mind. I was watching. <laughs> I just, my, my ADHD slipped out. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to go ahead and some with ours, some are ours, which is very interesting. Um, most approved. Most impressive wrestler. And I'll let you guess. Hmm. Is it Tiger Mask? Dynamite Kid. Yeah, fuck. I was thinking Dynamite too. Go and ahead. It's, it, it's interesting because Flair's number two, which I find very odd. Oh, it's so impressive. Anyway, I'll tell you most, what's impressive about Flair. But he got drunk every night and still could wrestle the next day. His cardio, baby. Yeah, it was good. Most washed up. You can guess. Mm, Eighty-four. Chief J. Jimmy Stoka. Oh wow! But Chief. Chief J's second. He's okay. up there. And, like, Tito's third, which is like, why the fuck is Tito third? Man, they didn't... Like, honestly, Tito's kind of fucking boring until the Valentine feud. He's just yeah, a wrestler. He's just in trunks. Um, the Crushers, four. Hogan's, five. Honorable mentions, Mad Dog with Sean, Giant Baba, Dusty Rose, and Tony Inoki. Don Morocco, which is weird in 84. Ken Patera, which I can see Patera's kind of going down a bit. Jake I can Robert. see Morocco too, man. After the Snooker feud, he he's doing matches like heel versus heel against Iron Mike Sharp, and yeah. it's like the writing's on the wall, and it sucks because he was the MVP of '83 in the WWF, and yeah. they just had nothing for him. Most obnoxious. Do your best to guess. Dusty. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They hated him. Uh, Gorilla's number two, which is really mean. Lord Alfred Hayes is three. Yeah, Lord Alfred Hayes kind of sucked. Angel Moscow's four. Hogan's five. Honorable mentions, Gordon Solhey, which is like, what the hell did Gordon ever do to anybody? Uh, Ole Anderson, Jack Reynolds, and uh, Gene Mean Gene Oakland. 
just have hate, that. They're just they're just hating. Yeah. Oh, it's the deaf guys. Like fuck the deaf. That's how they're feeling it. Uh, best on interviews. Um, Piper. Your second. Your his second. Jimmy Hart is one. Oh, okay. Piper's two. Flair three. Fucking Lawler four. Michael Hayes and Lou Albano and Jimmy Cornette. Most charismatic. Is it Hogan? Flair. Yeah. The Michael Hayes, Hulk Hogan, Kerry Von Erich, Ricky Chosu, Piper, and Dusty. Best technical wrestler. Dynamite. Dynamite, yeah. yeah. Then Saido, Fujinami, Super Tiger, Chavo Grail, Ric Flair, Keith Hayward, whoever the hell that is, Fujiwara, and Takata. Best brawler. Brody. Yeah. And then Stan Hansen, Terry Gordy, Jerry Lawler, Paul Orndorff. Most agile wrestler. Tiger Mask? Dynamite Kid. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, the Cobra, Tiger Mask, Super Tiger, Al Grand Hamada. Strongest wrestler. This is interesting. Um, is it Animal? Butch Reed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Animal second, Tony Atlas, Road Warrior Hawk, Hulk Hogan, John Studd. Kempatera, David Boy Smith, we already said overrated. Most underrated wrestler. Oof, that's tough. Um, I don't know who they're going to pick for underrated because what did they mean by underrated? Underrated by fellow newsletter readers? I think by the promoters, how they were pushed and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know. I'm going to still throw a guess. Is it Kevin Von Erich? Brian Blair. Okay, fuck no. Zakata's number two. Number three, Rotten Ron Star. Awesome. Dynamite Kids 4, Don Curley's 5, Dave Boy Smith, Masi Saito, Bob Orton Jr. Best circuit. Um, is it New Japan? New Japan. Number two is All Japan. Number three is Mid-South. Number four is JR Promotions. Number five, Mid-Atlantic. Honorable mentions UWF and World Class. You Best know, TVs. go ahead. Oh, oh uh, go ahead. Ask me that one. No, I was just going to, you were going to say something. Go ahead, what were you going to say? Uh, well, I was scrolling through the magazine, and I found in the section called King's Tort, Peter King, he used to be the editor-in-chief of PWI, yeah. and he gives his awards. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what would become the, the fan awards, where they, they write awards. in that... Where the, where the oh, fans okay. right in there. Yeah. So. yeah, well, let me hear a few of them. Uh, John McEnroe, most immature athlete trophy, goes to yeah. Tully Blanchard. He didn't pass the Jane Fonda workout, Abdullah the Butcher. He's a bad guy. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. Buzz Sawyer. Least publicized champions. Who do you think uh, he gave that to? I'm guessing someone like a Mid-South, Butch Reed or something. Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. Yeah, makes sense. NWA Announcer of the Year, Gordon Soley. AWA Announcer of the Year, Mike Shields. WF Announcer of the Year, tie between Vince McMahon, Jack Reynolds, Roger Kent, Bruno Sammartino, Angelo Mosca, Blackjack Mulligan, Tony Gurria, Red Bastine, Lord Elliott, Freddie Miller, and Pat Patterson. That's so bad. They weren't that bad. They're so awesome, it's unfair, the Road Warriors. He'll Come Alive in 85, Mike Rotundo. Upset of, upset of the year, Greg Valentine wins the Intercontinental title from Tito Santana. 
if you if you hate the USA so much, why don't you leave? Tie between Ivan Koloff and Iron Sheik. Chiller yeah. Theater Almost Human Award Missing Link. If looks could kill King Kong Bundy. Nice guys finish first. Ronnie Garvin best nickname. Let me ask you, what do you think uh, he gave best nickname to? Doctor Death, Steve Williams. You got it, brother. And Bam. worst nickname. This is an interesting one. Who do you think? I don't know. Paul, Mister Wonderful Orndorff. Yeah, he's an asshole. Keep going. Not Orndorff, by the way. The guy doing the writing, not Orndorff. Go ahead. TV controversy of the year: the WWF taking over WTBS's World Championship Wrestling. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Most distinguished world title reign, Ric Flair. Least distinguished world title reign, Jumbo Sharuda. The Bugsy McGraw Crazy But Successful Award, Jimmy Valiant. Most publicized region, the WWF. And yeah. let me ask you this. What do you think they gave the least publicized region? AWA. Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Which is kind of would become the continental territory with uh, – Alabama, uh, the Panhandle, of Florida, and um, some parts of Tennessee. Uh, future most hated wrestler, Nikita Koloff. Future most popular wrestler, Mike Von Erich. Tag no. team, we, tag team we'd like to see, Dusty Rhodes and Kerry Von Erich. It may have happened in 90 WWF. Um, no, I don't think so. Well, if you think about it. Let's take a look. Um, how did Kerry lose the IC title? Because of DiBiase. And who did DiBiase start feuding with? Dusty. Right. Hold on a second. Dusty. Hold on. Yeah. I'll find. I wonder if I just type in Dusty. And put Kerry right at the end of it. Yeah, I don't got. Oh, shit. He lost the title, and when was it? It was when did he lose the title to um, Back to Perfect? He well, it depends when he lost it or when it aired because it, well, it he lost, when he lost it, be, it. Yeah, he lost it in October of ninety. It aired in November. So I'm looking here. Looking here. Uh, okay, October twenty eighth. Let's go back up. Man, DB Austin is beating Dusty everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't give a shit about Tony Kipper. It's kind of like how my man Brett always beats Flair. I don't see anything as of right yet. Let's keep going. How the hell did I end up back down in December? I don't think so. No, I don't think they, they worked together. That is, it's interesting to think they might have even done a house show together. That's the thing. Like, I'm just saying, it's it's it could have if it if it ever would have happened, it would have either been like a place like New Japan where they have like all sorts of random teams like Iron Mike Sharp and Hogan, and yeah. you know I could see you know possibly if they're both booked there they could take on like a Noki and Fujinami or something. But anyway, yeah, match no. match we'd like to see Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan and hold of the year, which is uh, so I'll go to my hold of the year, Bob, because I do maneuver of the year. Okay. Um, go ahead. Mine is Chris Adams's inverted figure four Boston Crab. Mine is Dynamite Kid Dave Boy Smith one arm power clean dropkick on the top rope. Um, Tiger Mask dives out of the ring, full flip, backward splash onto foe. Kabash's backward suplex with Guy on his shoulders off the middle ropes. Tonga Kid's dive, and Jimmy Stoko's dive. That's ours. 
You had no comments on that. Did we lose you? Where have you gone? I'm here. What the hell happened? Uh, I opened up Facebook and then oh, I was talking to myself because <laughs> such a nasty too much effort. internet. Stay off that Facebook bullshit. I know you're on the dial-up. You're living in fucking 2002 <laughs> over there. All right, so we've gone to that. What else you got on there? Uh, that was it. That was my last one. Okay. So I got a couple more to go through here. Um, let's see where I was at. Most underrated, best circuit, best TV show. Just name the company. You don't have to say the name of the show because I don't doesn't tell us. So it's yeah. Um, is it Mid South? New Japan. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, Mid South is number two. Jared Promotions is number three. All Japan's four. World Class is five. And honorable mention, Portland. Um, rookie of the Year had that. Hardest Worker. Dynamite? Ric Flair. Oh, okay, yeah. Dynamite's two. Brody's three. Biggest Shock of the Year. Is it WF taking over WTBS's World Championship Wrestling? David Von Eric dying. Oh, yeah. And then McMahon purchasing that. And then number three was interesting. Bruno rejoined WWF. Hmm. And then number four, Sheik beats Backlund. Technically, it's not 84. It's 83. But interestingly enough, you know when they aired that? Because they didn't air it live. You know when they aired that match? It was like in March or April or something like that, wasn't it? No, they aired it in January. Oh. That's probably why. We've gone over this before, but I'm going to tell you all of them. A most disgusting promotional tactic. I don't remember what one it was, but you can go ahead and guess it again. Oh. I'm thinking. Um, God, I honestly don't know. It's a tough one. It's not, you're not going to know it. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan thinks heart condition and heart attack. Oh, yeah. I had um, a feeling it was something to do with Sullivan. Oh, Sullivan's in it. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, number two, Sidney Lauper and David Wolf's involvement in wrestling, which looking back is hilarious. They say it's disgusting because that like took them over the top, which I mean, it's just hilarious that that's in there. You know, it's 84 when Kevin Sullivan's use, use, usage of knives to the heart. Number four, stripper cage matches with girls in Southwest. So I got to take a look at that. That should be interesting. Yeah. And number five, the entire Blackjack Mulligan and Kevin Sullivan feud. <laughs> Best announcer. Um, is it Lance Russell? It's Lance Russell. Yeah. Number two, Bill Watts. Number three, Gordon Soley. Number five, four, the announcer of New Japan. I don't know his name. I don't care because I can't pronounce it. And Mr. Gene Oakland at number five, which is Gene sucked at announcing, by the way. Yeah. Little lights up there. Uh, we are the best answer. Raiders favorite wrestler. Mm. I think it's a, it's between three guys in my head. And that's Brody, Dynamite, and Flair. So I'm just going to say Flair. You got them, yeah. Three, they're not in that order, but you got the three right. Flair, number one. Yeah. Two is Dynamite, three is Brody, four is Piper, yeah. and it's tied with uh, Super Tiger. Rear's most hated wrestler. Hmm. Is this... Uh, is it Slicker? Nope. Ivan fucking Pusky. Oh, Rear's good call. Uh, number two, Andre. Number three, Junkyard Dog. Number four, Kamala. Dusty's at five. He's tied with Backlund and Hogan. They're all tied at five. Worst wrestler? 
Um, Angelo Masta Jr. Ivan Puska once again. He gets two oh, yeah. awards. Uh, Kamala's a two. The Crusher's three. Chief J. Strombo, Junkyard Dog, and Rufus Jones are all tied at four. Worst tag team. Hmm. Is it Crusher and Baron Von Raschke? You son of a bitch. Look at you. It is. Oh, look, look at that. Look at the guys. Yeah, we got that. And then number two is Ronnie Garvin, Jerry Oates. Number three is the Samoans. Number four is Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas. Number five is King Parsons and Buck Zumhoff. We're almost at the end here. Worst TV show? Did I just have to do the promotion? Yeah, it's getting the promotion. WWF? Yeah. Number three is Tuesday, Tuesday Night Titans, which is bullshit because I like that show. It's pretty fun. Worst manager? Hmm. Fuji? Oh, wait. He wasn't a manager yet. Oh, it no, was he was. Okay. Yeah, Fuji 84. Uh, that's it. Worst announcer? Gorilla? Uh, Angela Mosca. Oh, yeah. yeah. Worst worst match of the year? Hmm. That's tough. Um, I don't know. Do I, I'll give you a hint. It's WWF. That's the promotion. I'm trying to think, like, man, was Putsky involved? Nope. I'm not giving you more hints. I, 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 don't know. I, don't, I don't know. Mula and Richter. Uh, I was going to say Hassana, Hassana men's match. I'm like, fuck, that's way too much fans. Yeah. Mula and Richter, number two, Stud and Andre. Martellus Ruda, title change from St. Like- Paul. That's one of the worst matches of the year. Was that match bad? I've only, like, I had that AWA set from the Death Valley Driver, the DVD set. Yeah. And I don't remember it being particularly bad. Um, I I don't even... I remember seeing it on uh, an AWA Greatest Champions tape that I had, but I think it was just clips. I'm not sure if it was the full match, so I I don't know. I don't like it. Um, Number four is Road Warriors versus Crusher and Baron. Worst feud. Then we have two more left after that. One more left after that. Worst feud. Um, Is it Blackjack against Kevin Sullivan? Andre versus Stud, which makes oh, total yeah. sense. Number two, Jake Roberts versus Ronnie Garvin. Number three, Mr. Fuji versus Tiger Chung Lee. Yes, I will contest that. That sucks. I've seen their <laughs> match, so and it's not good. Tommy Ritz versus Eddie Gilbert and Hulk Hogan versus John Studd. And last but not least, worst on interviews. Uh, Andre? Jimmy Stoka. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Again, I don't know what the hell he's saying. Number two, Thunderbolt Patterson. Number three, um, son of a bitch, Bob Backlund. He is not the worst of interviews. Bob Backlund. <laughs> yes, he's really bad. He's he gets so the bad. point across that he's a working man. He's out there for the kids and the fans. He's gonna, yeah, just gonna go out there and do my best there, Vince. It's like that's what you do, Bobby. Don't go all crazy, talk all unless they destroy your title and then you act like a fucking psycho on TV. Like you remember that one where they destroyed his belt and he was crying and stuff. It's like, oh sweet Jesus. Well, man, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give 100%. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to really try. I'm going to do my best effort. And what else can you do? What else can you ask for? I'm proud to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. I'm proud you to support be. the fans. But it's just so dry, Scott. And it, the thing is, he was like an AWA-type wrestler in New York. How was he was champion for as long as he was, I'll never know. It's called Vince's like, fuck it. You're still coming to the arenas. But I think they realize around late 82 that we got to get this belt on this guy. Because yeah. things aren't working out. Uh, number four, Kerry Von Erich. Number five, Andrea Giant. Number 
five also, Mike Von Erich. Yeah. So that is the awards for 1984. Um, what do you think? I mean, we can't really give our own awards. We weren't watching back then. But um, I think, you know, I think the Observer's a little hard on WBF back then. And I get a lot of the guys voting are, like, not liking what they're doing because they're changing the whole atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because they wanted it to be their exclusive club. The last thing they wanted is kids. And the thing is, kids are the future of the industry. It's like I was reading um, a review of a MSG house show from June of 93. It was the night before King of the Ring, and it featured a 30-minute match between Bob Backlund and Bret Hart. And the guy was saying that it was a, a fan cam, and the it yeah. was like a, a guy, and you could tell it was either a stepdad or a mom's boyfriend, and he was bonding with the with the the young man that was that was accompanying him because at first he was like this is boring, and then he started to get into it. He was impressed by Bob's feats of strength, and because Bob's great, by the way, Bobby Backlund's a great wrestler, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he's good, and he was just saying that you could tell a fan was being made for life because he was bonding with his father figure over professional wrestling. And that's what it's all about. It's all, you know, about getting the kids in there at a young age so that they can 40 years down the line, start a podcast that nobody's going to listen to discussing <laughs> 2008 stomping grounds or, you know, a taboo Sweet Tuesday Jesus. from 2005. And they'll be reminiscing and saying it was, it was so much better back then. It was like, Go back a little further. Do you think there'll be sense with 2020? So like 2021, like man, I missed the Thunderdome. I Nobody's the, gonna miss the Thunderdome. The only people that are gonna do that are the people that are completely contrarian, just to be contrarian sake. They're the ones that like the most obscure things that nobody else has seen and can challenge them on. Now yeah. I I saw I sat in the Thunderdome. And many a time, I had to tap out and say, I'm going to go into my bedroom and watch old, better wrestling. If I'm going to be in front of a screen watching professional wrestling, I don't want it to be modern-day WWE. And the fact that you goddamn put my fucking email in there, these idiots kept emailing me to join the Thunderdome every goddamn Monday and Friday. Yep. I was having none of it. I was (laughs) having none of it. I mean, it was like, no, don't put me through that shit, man. Like, what I do? Who did I make mad to have to go? That's like the tension in school for crying out loud. Here you go, kids. Sit down. You'll remember not to smoke cigarettes in the bathroom anymore. We're going to make you watch the WF from 2020. Sorry, and it, and I, don't want to, I don't want to say it's all modern wrestling because tomorrow night, between 5 and 7, I'm going to be in front of my TV watching Dynamite because that feels like a professional wrestling show, much more than a three-hour Raw, which feels like, like you said, detention. That is punishment. You don't watch I, that I, willingly. I looked at the, I read the uh, results last night. Cause I, and they were in Kansas City. I was mm-hmm. curious if any Kansas City Chiefs players were there, so I was skimming through the results. And it was just hard to fucking read the results unless if I had to watch it. You're not going to get me to watch it. It's just, Nothing's going to make me watch that shit. It's, I can literally turn my TV on and stare at my wall and be more entertained than watching that. So, yes, that is that. So, yes, that is the end of this one podcast we just did. Um, I don't know. If you're listening out there, whoever. Subscribe. Subscribe to whatever you're using. We're going to put this out and try it on all the different spots. And uh, 
Our Twitter handle. Andrew, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Outlaw Jamboree. That's Oster Uniform Tango Lima Alpha Whiskey Juliet Alpha Mike Bravo Oster Romeo Echo Echo. Fair enough. Mine is uh, at Chiefs Fan Canada. As being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. If you like it, let us know. If you request a certain year, we can do it for you. Please don't request something bad, but I'm just kidding. Request whatever you like. Everyone has their own thing they're into, and I want to mention that before we go. Um, somebody, I was reading a comment. This was a few months ago. Somebody was bitching on someone about loving a certain, like, 95. And my thing is this. If you start watching 95, you know how that feeling is. We talked about that a moment ago. If you start watching, that's that's your nostalgia. You know what I mean? It might suck, but if, you, if you're if you listening to you hey, do the 95 awards right now, we'll do them. You know what I mean? We're not going to shame anybody for that because that's the year you like. Right? But or here's, 99. Here's the Go ahead. thing, though, about 95. Um, the two gentlemen who I watch religiously, the our vantage point, which I give them a, a cheap plug, check them out, great podcast. Uh, they started in 95. And yep. one of them kind of started in 94, but 95 was their first full year. And yep. they don't have that sense of nostalgia for it because – they wanted to consume as much wrestling as possible because they got into it. They got into it hard. So what did they do? Yeah. They went to Blockbuster. They went to their local video store, and they started getting some of the tapes. And they knew right away that it used to be better. So even though yeah. they were they were getting into it and watching the week-to-week Action Zone, Raw, Mania, Nitro, Saturday Night, Pro, all that stuff, they still could recognize that, hey, this stuff over here with like Mania 6 – that's way better than the stuff that we're getting. So, what I'm saying is, sorry. Oh, I was just saying. So, so they, so that it's not 100 percent that just because you start it, you're going to have rose tinted glasses. Because I just happened to start in a really good year. The thing I'm trying to say is that they like, don't feel like you can't ask us to do a certain year. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll do any oh. year you want us to do. We're not going to shame anybody that picks a year. Like, oh, some idiot picked '96. No, pick what you want. Yeah, you, you picked like 2008. We won't have much to contribute to it, though. Yeah, I mean, but pick what you want. I mean, we'll definitely do it, and uh, that's so. That's it. So we thank you for listening, all three of you. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your dog, your cat. I don't care. Get your dog an iTunes account. Just whatever. Just sign up. You know. And uh, so I was like, anything else you want to add, Andrew? Before we go? Nope. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you again. Oh wait, wait. But, there is something I'd like to add. What's that? Uh, if, I, if I can be serious for a moment, um, oh God. I was on the Twitter and backstory. I remember when either Warzone or Attitude was coming coming out for the, the PlayStation oh, Nintendo 64. Fucking game. Go ahead. Not the best game. No, it's horrible. And me being the the wise ass back then, I remember vividly saying. Oh, sweet, Thrasher's in this. I'll play as Thrasher all the time. And I wasn't a Thrasher fan. I didn't particularly care for the... Many of them. I didn't particularly care for the headbangers, but I just made it seem like I did because it was such a preposterous guy to to want to be in the video game. And recently on the Twitter, somebody uncovered some footage that I was... Taken aback by, now this was prime attitude era where a lot of stuff uh, was said and done that 
would not pass with 2021 sensibilities. Fuck. But so even that said, but there is certain things that you can just tell. And it was a backstage interview. I think it was Kevin Kelly, maybe Michael Cole, interviewing the Headbangers. And their opponents, they were going to wrestle D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Oh, Jesus. And this is going to be good. Thrasher uh, says, you know, Mark Henry, you can wait on the apron. We'll give you some bananas. And <laughs> and then there was a clip of the match. And when Thrasher gets tagged in, he does the, the monkey arms. And I'm thinking, oh, this is blatantly racist. And nobody talks about the fact that Thrasher might as well be in the DOA. Yeah, I mean, they were in shock value back then. I mean, they have racist shit's been going on in wrestling for years. Look at Piper T. Yeah, but like, I just never knew about it, that it aired and that nobody talks about it. And who would have ever thought that a guy with a shaved head would be racist? Yeah, I know. Hey, don't talk shit. I shaved my head. <laughs> I'm not racist. All right. Well, that, that is interesting. If you want to talk about racism and wrestling, we can do a whole podcast on that. Jesus I, I just thought it was interesting because I had never seen that, and I had no idea that Thrasher, a guy who I ironically said I liked, which I don't, and I don't want anyone to think that I think the Headbangers are a good tag team because I think they're kind of the shits. No offense. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, they're nothing. They're nothing to me. <laughs> All right. Well, and that is it for another edition of Newsstand versus Newsletter. We thank you very much for listening, and we hope that you tune in next time that we're on the air.